The following audio is from Maple City Baptist Church in Chatham, Ontario. For more information about Maple City, please visit us online at maplecitybaptistchurch.com. Okay, so, parent acts, child watches, parent acts, child helps. Child acts, parent watches, child acts, and parent helps. And, and let me give you an example of how this looks like in real life, and this may help you a little bit. Um, when you teach your kid how to make their bed, okay, and, and they can make a bed, even if they're a couple years, they can make a bed. It might look terrible, all right? They can make a bed. So what you do is you go into the room and say, hey, listen, we're going to teach you how to make this bed. And so you watch, and I make the bed. And they see it's like, oh, okay, that's wonderful, fantastic. Maybe they're even really excited about the first time. Little do they know this is what you want them to do for the rest of their life. It won't be as exciting later on, all right? But so you act, and they watch. The next step is now um, that, that you act, and they help, okay? All right, I'm going to do the front here. You tuck in underneath there. You make wonderful hospital corners and 45-degree angles, or, or however you do it, this is what you do. So I am acting, but I want you to help with me, okay? Then we transition to this. The child acts, and I help, okay? So now you make your bed, and we'll help you when you're done, but this is good. And then finally, the child acts, and I just watch, okay? See how that works? That, that's training by example, and you're actively involved. And it's not just for doing stuff. It's for moral things as well. You know, um, showing kindness to a neighbor, making a meal. Um, we had uh, our neighbor down the road has had some real difficulty. And um, David came home one day and said, hey, can we make him a meal? And David's been in the kitchen. All of our boys like to be in the kitchen. They make really cool stuff in the kitchen. All right? and they make a mess in the kitchen. Um, but, but they work in the kitchen. And uh, so he's been with his mom long enough that, that he's helped her, and now he made a meal and sent it over. And, and that's part of that, right? That's all that example and instruction stuff. And so that's what we want to do. We want to help our children. Do it by example. Have them work with you. And the truth is sometimes that's a pain in the neck. Early on it can be a pain in the neck. But have a bigger focus than that, all right? Don't micromanage at the last step where the child acts and the parent watches. You don't need to do that. Um, some of us, we know our personality and it's OCD, and it's not helpful sometimes, okay? Um, I was in the Canadian Tire the other day, and I had to pay a bill. We, we put the kids, we help with their school, and so, so I pay for the school bill, and I do it while my Canadian Tire card gets out the point. So I go in there, and I pay in cash. And so I'm at the counter, and I give the lady um, a few hundred dollars in 20s, okay? That's always fun. Not when you're paying school bills, but it's always fun. So I'm giving her the money, and she's counting it. And as she's counting it, she's turning every bill the right way, right? So that, that they're all, she's not a banker. She just works there. And, she, and then she says to me, she said, did this money come out of the bank machine? I said, yeah, just right out of the bank machine. She said, it's strange that's not all in order like it should be, right? And I said, yeah, that's really strange. And I said, maybe the person putting the money in the machine didn't have OCD, and they didn't care. And, and, and she started laughing kind of nervously. And I said, no, 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 I'm not making fun of you. I have OCD too. I, I understand what you're saying. I'm good with that. But that was her idea that she, she knew that she had to have all these things in line. And, and so if we're like that, don't be that with your kids. Kim and I were talking the other night. And uh, when Gregory was younger, he was helping fold um, washcloths, right? And she was just watching. He was folding they looked ridiculous. I, there wasn't one that was square. I mean, it was, it was almost like, um, what's that? Origami. Yeah, it was like origami. So it, was, it was all over the place, all right? And so when he was done, there was a stack of washcloths that were terrible. 
Or this is terrible, right? And Kim took them and put them in the cabinet, and she used them. Okay, it, it wasn't a big deal. So, so don't let your idiosyncrasies follow this up. Lead by example and, and leave some things go. Okay? Any confessions on OCD this morning? All right, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, so we teach by example. It starts with the gospel, but then we, we filter that down in every aspect of our life, all right? Um, whether it's making a meal, doing dishes, visiting the sick, we can do those things. Number two, we teach in life situations. In life situations. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 7. Someone want to find that this morning? Anybody there early? Jump ahead. Go ahead, Mom. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Okay. This is a great text. Um, in Deuteronomy. We've been there before. Uh, one thing you ought to notice in that text, before God tells parents to teach their children about the Word and interaction with Him, He says this has to be in your heart first. Okay? It's really hard to transfer over to your children what you don't have. Okay? It's, it's kind of like impossible because it doesn't have any weight. There's no weight to that. So that's been our heart. But, but look what he says. He says, in every situation of life, there are opportunities for this precept upon precept, line upon line, in your family situations. Listen, things arise all the time that are teaching opportunities in times of crisis. There's something to teach your children. Listen, we make a mistake when we try to shield our kids from every terrible thing that's out there. We really do. We are raising weak and anemic children. Now listen, there are some things that they should not be exposed to. There are some things they cannot process. I get that. But when we have life situations and there are teaching moments, we ought to take advantage of that. All right? Times of crisis, trials, sorrow, failures. Some of us, you know what we've done? We have always given our kids a soft place to land and not taught them anything. Right? They have to learn how to fail. It's part of life. We fail. And if you're always giving your kid a soft place to land, when he's 30, you'll still have to give him a soft place to land. Okay? There's lessons to teach him about God and his grace and goodness and perseverance and enduring and all of those things. And so, so use your life situations to teach. Your kids will have problems in school. Okay? They, they will. And don't be the kind of parent that as soon as there's a problem, it's the teacher's fault, the, 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 the kids hate them, they're really taking a stand for Christ and they always suffer. Maybe. But usually not. There's more to it. There, there's always, there are two sides. There's three sides, right? His side, her side, and the truth. Right? You know that. Okay, you've heard that. You know it to be true. So, so teach them. These things happen to your kids when they're bullied, when they're picked on, when they're made fun of. It's not a time just to run over to the school. It's a time to teach them something about themselves, about God, about the fact that not everyone's going to love them. Do you know something? As a believer, if you're going to live this life right, not everybody's going to like you. They're just not. And so you'll be careful in this. I, I told you a story about AJ years ago. And you've heard it, I know, but it, it's well worth repeating. At least I think so. Because um, one of those things that, that we really did well this time, I can tell you a lot of bad things, but, and I didn't even do it, but AJ was a kid spit on him in third grade. I think it was third grade or so. Is that? He comes home and he tells his mom. And the kid was... The kid was a grade older than AJ and just spit on him. I don't know, but spitting is the most vile thing you can do, honestly. When I was a kid in high school, some kid spit on me. It, it just, it really, it makes me angry. So he comes home and tells me this, and here's my first response. 
let's go find that kid and his dad and beat the tar out of both of them. That's, 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 my, that's my biblical response to this, right? And thank God he has a mother uh, who is more spiritual than I am. Um, and she just shakes her head and says, okay, you just be quiet, I think it. She, she, she said, what happened, AJ? And he, he goes through the deal, and he's really upset. He says, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make the kids some cookies. I'm thinking, cookies? We're gonna, okay, we're going to put something in the cookies. Like, maybe, maybe we'll put, like, a laxative in there, and we'll just show this kid. No, it's just really good chocolate chip cookies that are really delicious. And so they made them. She prayed with AJ. I eventually caught up to my feelings, caught up to the right spot, right? We're in this together. She takes him. He takes him to school, shares him with the kid. And the first thing this kid says to AJ when he gives him some cookies the next day is, Oh, AJ, why don't you have to go and do that? And i got to tell you something. It doesn't always work this way, but this one did. That kid from that moment on was AJ's best friend. And, and, and even today, from, from Facebook and other things, Kyle was a kid. He was a punk. Um, but he's better now. All right? But listen, you know there's a biblical lesson. Not to react in our flesh. Not to give evil for evil, but good. That's a powerful lesson, right? And that's more powerful than just saying it in a Bible story. We had this life illustration that he could use that, that hopefully helped him. And it helped us, okay? Um, for making decisions, difficulties with friends, um, navigating through life. You want to use these situations to help your kids. They need, they need a voice of reason. They need truth. And, and you got to be careful. Do you, do you know, I mean, they're bombarded with world philosophies and, and worldviews. I mean, if you think about it, at school, it's in a public school, all day long, on the media, on the television set, you have a, a small window. You've got to take advantage of, of the time that you have, help them work through difficulties and situations, navigate through life. Um, even your own situations. You go through a time of unemployment or struggling or health. Now, again, it's not dumping on your kids and saying, I don't know what we're going to do. We're all going to die. You know, a four-year-old may have a problem with that. Okay? They can't process that. But it's not a bad idea to say, hey, sweetheart, we're going through a really hard time right now. But we believe God is faithful. And let's pray about some things. Let's see God do some things. And then write them down. I mean, those are things that, that more than, they speak volumes to our children because we're living out our faith. Okay? So Deuteronomy is right. Every situation we have in life, we can use it as a teaching opportunity. Okay? So we demonstrate the power and relevance of, of God's word by doing this. Okay? Any questions, comments? Joanne? I just want to remind you that you said that. Um, you got to be honest with your kids. Mm-hmm. Right? And I remember one time I had gotten laid off and the money was not there. And... We had supper, and I said to the kids, okay, when we pray tonight, we have to pray for our next meal. Mm-hmm. Because I said, we are right out of everything. Mm-hmm. So the four of us got in a circle on the floor in the living room, on our knees, and we each one prayed. And we learned two huge lessons from this, because um, I was fairly a new Christian. I was maybe four years from mm-hmm. the Lord. And um, I was a new Christian. Came the next morning with four boxes of groceries. Amen. And my kids, we were all crying, of course. Mm-hmm. And then when they left, I was really bombarded with the thought: those people don't even know the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like, and God sent them. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, Amen. So the Lord speaks to non-Christians to supply for Christian Amen. needs. I thought, wow, you know. But my kids never forgot. Oh, they'll never forget. Absolutely. Uh, that's one of those stones, right, in their life. That's a monument that they look back to. It's powerful. 
And, and if you think about your own life, maybe there's times like that, and they, and they were not good times, but you saw the Lord as a child do something in your family that you never forgot about. It's powerful. Don't lose those opportunities. Take advantage of them. They're great opportunities, okay? Good. Anything else? We move on? Okay. Number three, we teach by questions and answers. By questions and answers. Someone in Joshua chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. Someone there. Not all at once. Someone there. Okay. Ron, thank you, sir. Joshua 4, 6 and 7. <clears throat> this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, say, What mean ye by these stones? Then you shall answer them, The waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. Mm-hmm. It's a great story. Remember, they go in the promised land and God says, Okay, when you walk through the water, go through, pick out 12 guys. Every, every guy pick up a stone, make a monument, so that later on, when your kid's walking by this big monument of these stones, they say, hey, Dad, what's this about? And you can tell them this is when God did something for his people. He does the same thing in Exodus chapter 12 for the Passover. And, and the idea is, when we have this celebration, our children say, why are we doing this? It's a question and answer. That's how we learn. We can do that today. With, we were thinking about symbols through communion. What, what do we, why do we do this? A kid asks, can I have some of the delicious bread? When, when we were kids, in a Methodist church, the bread was actually delicious. It was, it was full of yeast, and it was big and fluffy. And we, just, we wanted to take the bread because it was wonderful. It tastes so good. Um, and it, there was real wine. And so we, we really enjoyed that as children. All right, It had nothing to do. But our kids should say, wait a minute. Why, why do we do this, and why can't I take this? Why, why don't you want me to take this? It's a great opportunity to tell the gospel about why we do this, the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and what this means. I mean, we have those opportunities. Um, questions and answers. And, and you have to work hard at this, because sometimes kids don't want to talk, right? How was your day? Good. What'd you do? Nothing, right? Okay, this is something Ken's mom and dad did. I think that was really brilliant, um, that when she'd come home, maybe her dad would say something like this, or, or her mom would say, tell me one thing funny that happened uh, at school today. So it's not, now it's not just like, nothing. It's like, mm, I don't know. Well, teacher fell down and, you know, I'll, some, so tell me one thing that was not good today. Tell me one thing that was, um, I don't know. I, you would know. I don't know. That's, that's the idea, right? Funny. Mostly funny. And, and, and the purpose was to get them to talk, right? All right? So, so we have, to, we have to, to, to work at having this dialect with our children. Encourage questions. Don't be afraid of questions. And sometimes questions for us as believers can be hard. Because we want to paint stuff in black and white sometimes, and sometimes it's not. You've got to be honest about that as well. You talk about your kids about the truth of Scripture, and what it does say and what it doesn't say, and why we do what we do. Why we, we practice these principles. Let them ask questions. Don't, don't make them embarrassed to ask some questions. Listen, when they go through the idea with their sexuality and they're asking questions, don't just say, ah, talk to your mother, talk to your father, talk to your grandparents. Girl. Don't do that. Right? Don't talk to your grandparents. That would be weird. <laughs> Unless your grandparents were those counselors from London that we had for that one marriage retreat. Then it's like, no, goodness. Um, <laughs> some of you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but listen to me. 
and you know how it was growing up. And I mean, my dad was so awkward when we had that talk. He was like, no. yeah, I got it, got it, 13 years old. Listen, you should talk, let them ask questions. I'd rather them get the answers from me in all those areas than any place else. And tell them the truth. Give them what they can process. Don't tell them more than what they're asking. It's like that kid who was, came home and said to his mom, where'd I come from? And she's like, ah, oh, the kid's like five years old. Where'd I come from? I like, oh, my goodness. And so she starts. You know, she starts the birds and the bees. I mean, for 30 minutes, she's telling the kid. And the kid's just sitting there like, and she said, okay, you all right? He said, yeah. She said, you understand? He said, yeah. I said, but, but I was just wondering where I came from. Johnny's from Manitoba, and I want to know where we came from. That's all he wanted. Like Chatham, Ontario. I mean, that, that's it. So give them what they're asking for, but don't give them more than that. They can't process. But, but listen, have them ask questions. We, and, and i got to tell you, well, I'll get to that point in a minute because it's, it's really... But anytime, that goes back to Deuteronomy chapter 6, man. In the car, at the dinner table, when you're with them, take advantage of that. And sometimes, maybe for moms, it's, it's worse because you, maybe you have them all day long and it's frustrating. So always make opportunities. There's coming a day when they're not going to be there. They're going to be gone, right? So take advantage of that now and look forward to those times. A time to teach and instruct them, okay? Any questions, comments on that one? Last point this morning. How do we teach? We teach through example. We teach in life situations. We teach by answers and questions. And then we teach by formal teaching, by formal training. And what I mean by this is you, you ought to have a time of family devotions. There ought to be a time that you're training and instructing your kids. Now listen to me. It, it can look like a number of things. And I want to caution you. You know, sometimes parents have this idea, like, yeah, i got to train my children. I've got to instruct them. And so sit down. Here's 30 minutes. We're going to open up Calvin's Institutes, and you're going to really get it now, right? Don't, don't do that. Just don't, don't do that. Um, it should be fun for your kids. It shouldn't be a nightmare. You should make it interesting for them. It, it, here's a crime. A crime is when you take this book and you make it boring. That's wrong. Because this book is not boring. This book is relevant. And this book has lots to say to us today. And so don't make it boring. Don't give your kids a distaste for the Word of God. And we can do that. We can do it unintentionally. Okay, now we're going to be in the book of Romans, kids. We're going to go Romans 1 to 3. And it's kind of deep, but I think you really need this. Uh, listen, sometimes it's just sharing a verse. Sometimes it's a song. Um, I got to tell you, and, and, I, and we've, we've been through this now. We've had the little ones, and now you know, our youngest is 14. And he's the only one left in the house. And so, so it's all changed over the years. But there's always been a time that we had some type of devotional time. And I have to be honest with you, for us, it, it wasn't like, okay, we're all up at 8 o'clock in the morning. We're all, all at 8.30 at night before we go to bed. Almost every time we've done this, it was around the dinner table. Almost every time. And it wasn't, we're eating and we're talking and then we just transition into stuff that's just like, okay, hey, let's talk today about Maybe something that happened at school or a verse that we're talking about. Simple stuff, but to train them, to formally train them. Um, it, it, and, and when it comes from the dinner table, for us it's more organic. It's like, hey, we're talking, this is good, and we're going from there. And you can do that, okay? Um, so family devotions, family devotions. Uh, one thing that Kim's dad did that, that she'll never forget, none of the girls will, they had devotions and he stood on his head. They, they would stand on their heads right against the wall. Would the girls have to do it too? Yeah. Yeah. They all stood on their heads and they sang Christian songs. That's really weird, and um, I don't know, but I got to tell you something. They thought it was fun. They thought it was great, and they enjoyed that time. And that's, that's always been with them, okay? And so, so be creative, 
But, but look for a time that you can instruct your children. And, and don't get this idea, this stupid idea, I'm just going to cram it down. Listen to me. We are giving them the Word of God. They need this. And the younger they have it, you know this. There are verses I know today. I know them today. I, I know uh, Revelation 3, 20 today. You know, I learned it. I learned it in grade 3. But I know that verse. I've learned verses in my 30s and 40s. I have a hard time remembering. I do. I just... I just I got a grasp for them, but there are verses I learned when I was a child. I still know, man, and, and that's what we want. And, and so, make it enjoyable. I understand the importance. Of what we're, we're imparting the Word of God into their lives. It's what they need. All right. So, formal training, teaching, family devotions. Just start. And, and listen to me. And even if your kids are older and you haven't done it, just say, hey, "Listen, we've neglected this area. We're going to get back to this." And if you do it, don't make it miserable. Don't make it long. Don't make it boring. All right, Kim. The one that we have in the... Yeah, and Pilgrim Progress, when we get a little older, we did that um, when we were growing up, and then we did it with the boys, and that was another good, um, just a you know, good opportunity to talk to the adults and the Lord to the kids. We use the children's Pilgrim's Progress, which was fantastic. So those are things you can do. And so... And, and we used a variety of things. We just didn't stay in the same thing. We, we, we went from different things to different seasons of our life. So um, if you don't have, as a young family today, the Every Story Whispers His Name book, you ought to have it. I'm telling you, you ought to have it. And, and I would say this to you. You ought to have your devotions out there for a year. Honestly. I, I've read that book with our kids, and there have been times that book has made me weep. It's made me weep. I, I try to read one story. Remember when I started my Old Testament thing, and I opened that up, and I tried to read it, and I couldn't read it, and AJ had to come up and read it? You remember that? So, right? I was going through some really hard times then, um, with estrogen. And, uh, but, but it's powerful. It's powerful. And so take advantage. We have, we have so many good things and resources, so use formal training. Make it fun. Make it enjoyable, and have a good time with that. Okay? Uh, formal uh, family devotions, family worship. Family worship. One of the things I'm really excited about this year for our church, and, and, and maybe younger families aren't excited, but I want you to be excited about it. I know, I know, I know. Once a month, we're going to close down junior church, and every kid who's five or so or older is going to go into church with us. And you say, oh, pastor, my kids. Okay, listen to me. It's okay. We're not that uptight. We understand. Now, I say that. I have to, I have to warn you. I'm going to say something in, in service a little bit about, about kids. We had the sound booth got screwed up last week. We're going to talk about that. So it's going to sound really mean. I'm not trying to be mean, but I'll explain that later. Anyways, um, <laughs> anyways, when our kids are in worship with us, it's a wonderful thing, man. They can learn how to worship. They can see how we do this. And it's okay, man. If they're five years old and they're not going to pay attention help them to do that. I get it. When our kids were even younger, I don't know how old our kids were when they were with us, Kim. Maybe younger than five, I think. Maybe. And, and we try to help them to listen, and sometimes they couldn't. Sometimes we'd let them color. We'd let them do something. But they were there for the worship. They were there for the singing. They heard stuff. As they get older, they should listen. But I, I got to tell you, when we had that, that combined service several months ago, I was so encouraged as I was preaching, watching young people. I'm talking about five, six, seven years old being engaged in the message and the worship. And then when I said something about, even I made a statement about kids listening to their parents, you could tell which kids have not been because I looked at their parents like this. So, so, right? so it was good, and it was a teaching opportunity that we're, we're worshiping together. It's a good thing. And so don't, don't get nervous about it. It's like, oh, my kids are not. It's okay. 
we'll make concessions, and we, I won't be screaming at kids from the pulpit like my pastor would do, all right? All right, he would. You have some of those old pastors like, you back there, I'm going to see you and your family afterwards, all right? Help them to pay attention, but it's a nice thing to worship together. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, and then by, by books, and, and this is what probably Kim was talking about as well, but get some good books, man. There's some things you can go through and, and, and use as a guide to help you in this time. Parents, whether you like it or not, you are teachers. And whether you like it or not, you are teaching your children something. You are. And you're either teaching them something terribly wrong or wonderfully right. Be a good teacher. You're called to do that. To admonish, to put into their minds. That's our job. Look forward to it. It's a great, it's a great experience. It's a wonderful thing. All right, any questions or comments on that? Anything else? Dan? I think so. Some advice I can get raising kids. Uh, I probably didn't do this, but sometimes we wait for random situations to train our kids. Mm-hmm. You know, and like if you have a child that has a meltdown when they go to a, a toy store like Toys R Us, and you're in a hurry and you got to get back and everything, and they have a meltdown, you can't deal with their kids, your kids properly. <clears throat> I think you know, train them is take them back to that store when you have time. Mm-hmm. And get them to, you know, that's the time to train them. You know, we train our animals, you know, a dog to fetch, you know, we do it over and over again. Yeah. You know, when we have the time to do it, you know, it's not like, oh, I got to, you know, I'm busy, I, I have to do it. And I think we do that with our children. We should train them when we have the time, if they have meltdowns or, or they're not obedient and picking up their toys and <clears throat> go through this. When you have the time and you have the patience to do it and not be hard pressed, right. you know, to get out of there. And everything else. And the situation's better. It's more conducive to learning. Right. I, I think that's t- teaching. It is teaching, absolutely. And I, and I think for us, too, we've gone through this, too, where we, we've, we've, we've gone through the scenario with our kids while they're in the car. Hey, listen, we're going into the store. Okay, this is your pep talk. We're going in. Okay, we're not getting this or that. When you go through the checkout and you see everything in your grasp, right, nothing, understand that. We're going to be okay. But we're going to do this right. We're, and we, we tried to let them know what was coming to help them. And I think that's a good point. And, and, and we should always be looking for opportunities to make it easy. Make it easy for them to obey. Now, sometimes you have a meltdown. You have to deal with it right now, right? They're kicking and screaming. It's like, okay, going to leave the car here. We might be back. We might not be back. All right. But we're getting out of this right now. That does happen. But how much better if we can take some time and, and think about what they're going to be facing if we can just give them some kind of gr- groundwork or foundation before they get into that situation. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. It's, it's good for you. It's good for them. I don't. I like to know what I'm getting into, right? I, I hate when someone calls and says, "Pastor, can I talk to you?" Sure. What's it about? I'll tell you when I get there. Uh, and then every w- terrible thing runs through your mind. It's like, oh no, right? I'd rather know. Let your kids know. Hey, we're gonna go to the store. Okay, you're not gonna act like a fool like you did last time. Okay, we're gonna deal with this, right? But let them know what the ground. I think it's a great idea. Anything else this morning? All right. Well, thank you for being here. Next week, our last week, we talked this week about what. Uh, parents as teachers, what they, how do they teach? We'll talk next week what to teach them. And that's the last class. So if you have questions, comments, you can either Facebook me or email me or just think of them for next week. Always good to have those things uh, brought out during the class. All right? All right, let's pray and I'll let you go.